Here we go, the podcast with Pastor Cass, Necessary Conversations. What up, though? Justin, what's going on, my good brother? What up, what up, man? How we doing? How we living? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored of God on yeah, today. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> How is 2021 treating you? Uh, so far, so good. Right. So far, so good. I mean, uh, there's been no major snowstorms just yet. Yeah. You know, we haven't gotten a foot of snow or anything like that. That's when I start getting tired. Oh, thank you for that. Of the winter. <laughs> so that means it's coming. Yes, that's it. So I, if if... So I can, if the listeners of this podcast um, want to chip in, I can stop the snow for the rest of the year. Okay. And if the listeners want to chip in and help me stop the snow for the rest of the year. I think a lot of our uh, listeners are ears. If they're interested, I can give them my cash app. Yeah. And they can all, we can do a Dorian stop the snow. Uh fund and this is how we'll do it okay i need to go buy a new snowblower oh and if it. i go to the store yeah and buy a new snowblower guarantee it will not snow it's done from that or maybe a dusting at best there will be no reason for a snowblower if i go <laughs> and buy one so yes if our listeners are really re- like if you want to help me this wouldn't be for me. This would be for all of us. Yes. Really. Group effort. Yes. This is really for all of us. And me stopping the snow, you can yes. cash at me towards a new yes. uh, snowblower and we'll stop the snow together. All right. Well, you know what? <laughs> Just so you guys don't think it's any sort of conspiracy theorist, we're going to create a podcast cash app. <laughs> It'll be converse past cash. Uh, no, 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 no. App. This will be my personal one. Okay, I told them the whole deal. You I told did, them the did. whole deal. This is for Dorian Cast. And his his snow blowing efforts. Yes. And if I buy one for my house. Yeah. Your house. For my that, house. That's it. The church snow is taken care of. If I buy one for my house, I go out and spend the money. It won't snow again. So. And I'm sure you've already done the research as to the snowblower you you're thinking about. Absolutely. You've done the. Okay. Absolutely. I just won't pull the trigger because I know once I spend the money. It's not going to snow. With each day that marches on. Yeah, and I keep, you know, so. Yeah. But other than that, it's been good. How about you, Justin? How's 21 been for you? You know, it's uh, been a blur already. Looked up and we're deep into it. Yeah, we're, we're marching we're through uh, January. It's happening. Now, there was some happening since the last podcast and today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but interestingly enough, we're going to do something a little bit different this uh, episode. People are going to be listening to this and have had the opportunity to have listened to another episode just before this. So it's going to be like a Ben style if they want to, mm-hmm. if they so choose. Mm-hmm. But that being said, uh, you know, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off on the last episode, but then transition as well. So it's like a two for one type of deal we're doing this week, folks. Uh, that being said, <clears throat> welcome back. Always enjoy this. Oh, and by the way, before we go too far, I always got to stop and give some credit to my guy. The 21-day fasting, our prayer to start off the year, it's been going great. Hopefully, everybody's participating in fasting as best as they can. Like myself, personally, my schedule is always changing, but mm-hmm. I shift my best to stay with it. Cotton mouth right now, as I say. Yes. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but it's a great thing that we do as a family. And this year, the difference with, uh, or the addition with Pastor Dorian putting out the daily messages and uh, scripture, they've been great. If you haven't been getting them, 
reach out to uh, some administrators so you can get your email added and your yeah. text added. Or if you just haven't been reading them, you are missing out. Yeah, well, yeah, thanks for the plug. And they're on Facebook, too. So if you just want to go yeah. to our Facebook page, they're all posted there or on, or on uh, IG as well. So, yeah, the Daily Devotionals, 21 Days to Freedom. Yeah, it's almost like, yo, leave something for the podcast. Leave something <laughs> for the podcast. It's, it's good, though, folks. So check it out, too. All right. So um, what I want to do is, like I say, kind of pick up a little bit of last week into something else this week. Uh, because I've seen this situation now over and over and over again in life, in people, Christians, and certainly this country. I like to call it a willful ignorance and um, an ignoring of the ugly truth. <clears throat> and you could talk about it in so many different matters, whether it be a spouse who's with someone who's being unfaithful mm-hmm. and they know it. But they just kind of won't flat out catch them or ask them. They just keep pressing. It'll be a parent seeing something in their child that they don't want to, cor- they choose not to correct. And mm-hmm. they see that trait and they don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. You see it with racism where people might not themselves be doing racist acts or actions, but they see the racism and they just choose to ignore it and keep pressing on like it's not happening in their neighborhood or in their company and their mm-hmm. jobs. Mm-hmm. They know promotions and things are happening. Um, And it's just, you know, why do people choose to live with their head in the sand and just not face this ugly truth? Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many things in 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 what you said, you know, um, in in terms of the general gist I get is right. It seems to be some obvious things in front of people and they choose um, not to address, engage, respond or acknowledge them. Um, you know, of course, the, the matter of racism and what it means in this country and uh, the discussion around the existence of systemic racism mm-hmm. and whether or not that exists. And you'll have some who believe it's just. I being one yeah, who believe the systemic nature of uh, racism in this country is like self-evident. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, you will have somebody sitting right next to me. Yeah. Even uh, black people who will say mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. And, um, and, and, and so the, the, the small, um, you know, distinction or clarification I want to make, or first thing I want to say about your question, right. Is one of the things that make these discussions hard is because for some of us, it seems like they're looking right at it Mm -hmm. and are ignoring it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that assumption is one of the reasons why the conversations don't go well mm-hmm. is because just because I see it clearly does not mean the other person sees it clearly. Okay. And we treat each other as if they're seeing the same thing that I'm seeing yeah. and choosing to respond a certain way. Okay. And that's why it can be frustrating. It's like, you're looking at exactly what I'm looking at. You see what I see. How can you ignore it? First things first is we have to recognize how powerful perspective is Okay, that we have to give people credit first and foremost that they're not seeing the exact same thing that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. Even if they're looking at the same picture, looking at the same country, looking at the same relationship, what they're seeing in that person, what they're seeing in our country is different. Okay. 
and 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 at the heart of this, and I'm I'm gonna try, all right. Unless Justin makes it long, I'm gonna try <laughs> to make this a more brief because we're kind of picking up where we left off in our most recent episode, so I don't have to do as much explaining. I'll I'll kind of cut to the chase on this. Normally, I kind of take the long way around the block. I'll I'll, I'll cut to the chase. So. Really, the problem is our our relationship to the truth mm-hmm. is the real issue. Okay, and um, most people, it's a postmodern relativism. Okay, and 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 postmodernism says that truth is relative; that there is no absolute truth. Right, right. Truth right. is relative. Truth is made. Truth is 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 invented. Yeah, you know, as opposed to absolute truth says. Truth is discovered, not invented. Okay. Truth is is the same across time, across geography. That's how you know it's true. Yeah. Um, but postmodernism and postmodern thought has crept into people who don't even subscribe to it or may not have ever even heard it. <laughs> Which most people most probably people haven't. probably haven't. But the reality is this: is for most of us. One of the reasons you see people where something seems to be obvious in front of them and they choose not to engage it is because we believe truth serves us as opposed to we are in service or in pursuit of truth. Okay. And what I mean by that is we choose to believe, see, and acknowledge the things which serve our view and support our view of life, our view of reality our comfort with how things should be. That's why racism is one of those hard things to get some people to reckon with because to accept the truth of it would be to upend their reality. Right. It would be to upend their view of themselves and their view of the way the world works. Uh And that is a disconcerting thing. Mm -hmm. So we believe in, in Romans one, we talked about it maybe a year ago now on this podcast, I believe Romans chapter number one, is is a philosophical masterpiece mm-hmm. um, by the Apostle Paul. Yeah, and one of the things he talks about is when we when we um, ignore God and we ignore the obvious evidence of God. And one of the things he says is we exchange the truth of God for a lie. And what that means is, 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 is part of that meaning is instead of serving God and having him dictate to us and God is the God of truth, right? You can't separate truth from God. Now, again, I'm trying, I'm going to be brief today, (laughs) but the fact that we believe that there is an objective source of truth is really what makes Christian thought very different in our modern world. Correct. Because we do not as Christians believe that you have your truth and I have my truth. We believe that God is the arbiter of what is true. Complete contradiction of today's society. Complete contradiction. And now you'll have some people that will that will agree with that statement. Pastor Doran, you're right. God is the arbiter of truth. Yep. And and there is no such thing as your truth and my truth. And there'll be conservatives and mock liberals who do the soft talk yeah. of my truth. But then I believe conservatives do my truth the same way when it comes to a lot of things about how this country works. Right. And, 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 and postmodern thought is so pervasive that many of us are stuck and it happens to us. Uh-huh. And we do what Romans 1 says. We exchange the truth of God for a lie and yeah. we worship the creator 
mm-hmm. over the cre- the creation, creation over yeah. the creator. Yeah. Meaning we choose when we worship the creation, we choose to have the world be subject to us and serve us. So we look at the world and we see the things in it that serve our narrative, that serve what mm-hmm. comforts us. Mm-hmm. Same thing with that person that sees the obvious signs of their spouse cheating. Or yeah. I don't want to say they see it. The signs of their spouse cheating are there. Yeah. But they choose not to engage that truth because that truth would not serve right. their vision for themselves as having a good life. Mm. Mm-hmm. The obvious warning signs in their children that everybody sees, but that they don't. Yeah. And again, I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt and saying they don't see them. <laughs> right, right. It does not serve their narrative of I'm raising good children. I'm a good parent. My children are going to be successful. You know, <laughs> all these things we yeah. have determined makes for a good life. Right. As opposed to serving God says, I serve truth. I serve and pursue truth. And in my pursuit of truth, I receive the good that comes from truth. As opposed to, I define what's good and find the truth that'll get me to what's good. Man, it sounds so convenient, doesn't it? It's so convenient. And all of us have that because even if this is what's so dangerous about human beings, the current state of things might not be great for you, but it's what you're used to. Yeah. And it's what we're comfortable with. So there are people that have accepted the truth just because it is convenient and, and it keeps Absolutely. Them, it keeps the world it, it allows the world to continue to make sense to them. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me to accept and people on the right and people on the left do it mm-hmm. in different ways. For me to accept and acknowledge the truth of what you're saying. It would move too many other things in my life. Now I would have to question too many other things I thought were true. Too many other things I thought were real. Too many other people I admired. Too many other people I thought were intelligent. It would knock down too many dominoes. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I cannot allow that truth in. Yeah. For fear of what it would do to the rest of my reality. But when we do that, what you tell, what you're simply saying is the truth serves me. I don't pursue it. And that's what people who have left God do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, you make it sound so simple sometimes. I told you I was going to not. I normally take the long way around on purpose. Absolutely. But I cut to the chase. And Romans chapter number one, verse 25 is what I quoted. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Yeah. Amen. I just cut to the chase. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Not a woman. A woman. <laughs> hey, I better say for clarity, clarity that is a joke, joke just in case somebody snips this and thinks Justin and I. Yeah, if you don't get that joke, you're you're not on the internet enough. Yes, a man and a woman. <laughs> a woman. Oh boy. So um, that being said, it transitions, like I say, because it flows right into this other thing uh, that I want to kind of talk about in what we have to sometimes fight against, uh, or maybe not. And maybe you're going to tell me that this is actually a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in that we as people. Statistically, this is just human nature and statistics and what science has told us that we are more likely to run from pain than we are to run for pleasure. And that being said, like fear being a great motivator. Sure. Um, going back to, you know, the whole do you preach them uh, out of hell or do you preach them into heaven? Mm-hmm. Uh, as that was one of the old debates within the church. And fear is supposed to be this great motivating factor. 
Um, and then we talked about this a little bit off air, so I'll just kind of use this as our uh, hopping point. There's a story of uh, the lion and the gazelle in Africa. Mm-hmm. Every day, both have to wake up and both have to run, like to survive. The gazelle runs because the lion is going to chase him. If he does not run, he won't live. Mm-hmm. The lion runs because the only way he gets to get the gazelle is to chase him and to eat. And the difference is, if there were no lion, the gazelle would not run. The lion has to run. And they're always saying, be the lion, be the lion. Mm-hmm. I told you, I tell my son all the time, be a lion. I want to ask you, is there some sort of, is that a slippery slope or like kind of a dangerous mindset to always be preaching to our youth and to like our young adults in this like society of go get them, go be getters and, you know, be a lion, you know, chase that gazelle. Mm-hmm. Don't be the gazelle, be the lion. Mm-hmm. Is there is that a dangerous thought pattern? Um, it can be. Okay. Uh, much like with anything with human beings, um, mm-hmm. you know, any truth or any principle overemphasized can become false or it can become dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so the narrative of be a lion, be the pursuer um, can be dangerous. Um, this is why, though, and I think this podcast is good in, in, in the conversations I know you have with your children, the conversations I have with my children. This is why t- teaching our children not to be um, consumers of dogma, but good thinkers is important mm-hmm. um, because our identities as human beings are multifaceted and mm-hmm. we are more than one thing mm-hmm. at the same time. So even if, you know, Biblically speaking, we are we are sheep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are conquerors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are fearful. Right. Like we are told to be. Yeah. yeah told yeah. to have fear. We are told to be sheep. We are told to be, you know, <laughs> conquerors. You know, like yeah, our identity is multifaceted. So genuine understanding is what's necessary to know who you're supposed to be when, right? Yes. We are pursuers in certain certain instances. We are the head and not the tail. But then Jesus tells you to take the lowest seat when you come into <laughs> the dinner. Let, you know, like it's 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 you yes. know above. You know, there are our 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 identities. Or multifaceted, like yes, the, the Bible says fear is the beginning of wisdom. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so there should be fear, yeah, in, in the life of a believer. But it's it's the right, it's who you fear. So, it, mm-hmm. fear is healthy when it is the fear of God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, some people try to sugarcoat it and say it's reverence. And no, yeah. yes, the Bible speaks of reverential fear, but also, you know, knee knocking, you know, handshaking, straight up terror like god is to be feared Mm. because Mm -hmm. not only can he kill your body he can damn your soul Mm. be scared be afraid be very afraid but also reverential fear however then the bible also says god has not given us a spirit of fear (laughs) right right but that comes to when it comes to man because it says fear god not man that's what the Bible says. You fear God who can. So when I fear God and see God appropriately, then I am not afraid of any man. Mm-hmm. So then I'm able to see my identity. And, and Jesus shows how to be this. Right. He's a yeah. lion and a lamb. Yeah. Like yeah, he yeah. shows us this dual nature that Christians always have to carry. OK. Is Jesus was a lion 
and a lamb. He's a lion of Judah, but he's also the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And we see so many different pictures of Jesus. He's, uh, 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 he's bleeding, beaten with his beard plucked out on a cross. But then you read him in Revelation yeah. and he's riding a horse with his name carved in his thigh, right? With the crown. <laughs> like it's just he, it, the, 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 yeah. the scenario and where he is determines yeah, yeah. who he's supposed to be. Okay. Right. And clarity on that allows us to see what our motive should be, whether it is the fear of God or it is, is it our lack of fear of man mm-hmm. in an instant that should show us who we're supposed to be. Am I in line in the boardroom? And then am I a sheep when it comes to being pastored? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people do have a difficult time yeah. shifting between those identities, but That's hopefully, who I am. yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I, I get them sometimes cause uh-huh. they come to talk to me and they want to do me like we doing that they're in the boardroom. Right, right. And right. I, again, I'm going to not prolong this conversation, but that's <laughs> one of the reasons why, you know, the Bible talks about it being hard for a rich man yeah. to enter into the kingdom. It's not impossible. I, we talked about it on this podcast. It's not yeah. impossible for a rich person to be saved, but there's certain characteristics and trust that comes with being a person of power. Or as Paul said in Corinthians, there's not many wise, not many powerful or notable people among us. Because a lot of those things that come along with the identity of being a rich, powerful, well-known, politically connected person are very contrary to the identity of a sh- of, of being a sheep. Yeah. You know, a lamb, you know. Uh, so it's hard for those identities to cross. So um, having, so two things, and I'll, I'll let you ask whatever follow-up questions you have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the pursuit of truth is critical mm-hmm. because, and I'm going to connect the two because a lot of people hold on to definitions and to identities because it is what makes them feel safe and comfortable. And when we are pursuers of truth, regardless, it is what keeps us from getting too cemented in any particular identity. Yeah. And into any particular mode of thinking that would, you know, calcify us so we can't shift between being, you know, pursuing and kicking down the gates of hell and then being uh, a, a lump of clay. Yeah. You know, on, on the potter's wheel. <laughs> if you believe what you have in your current iteration is all the truth that exists and all the truth that you need, you are no longer a moldable piece of clay. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. a hardened, kiln, fire-hardened piece of clay. And the only thing that can happen is you can't be shaped. You can only be broken. Mm. Okay. When a clay, when clay gets hardened, it can't be shaped anymore. If it, it if it's put under too much pressure, it gets broken. And that's what makes me fearful about people. And I think you're seeing it happen in our country. Yeah to a large degree is people's version of truth is being stretched to a degree that they don't have the ability to shift and move with. And their only recourse is to be broken. Yeah. That's why it is, is, is it is incumbent upon believers mm-hmm. to be in pursuit of truth and not believe that yeah. what I have now is all I'll ever need. Mm. At any given moment. Okay. So that actually kind of sparks a separate question now. Okay. On, on just, just a little bit because uh, it it's kind of speaks towards this whole uh, duality you talked about. Because what you just said, what I have is not what, you know, where I'm at. 
but we're supposed to be content, right? Like that sounds like a, a lack of contentment if what I have is not what I need. No, no. What I have is not all there is. Okay. When it comes to truth, because okay. and this is this is what you have to understand about objective truth and truth as we believe it, as it comes from God and mm -hmm. those of us who believe in objective truth mm -hmm. is we believe in it, it in in it can only be revealed or discovered. Mm -hmm. And if God is the God of truth, that means there's more for Him to reveal. That's all I mean. That's why we pursue God. Yeah. Meaning, I don't care who you are and how spiritual you are. There is more of God for you to get. There you go. So I don't care how much truth you have. There is more of it to be revealed to you and for you to find. Yes. And that's why I said, you know, why so many of the current political conversations are are unhealthy is because both people come to the conversation as if they have the truth and there is no more <laughs> to be learned. Yeah. And if you believe what you know about this country is all there is to know, and it blows my mind, there's people who will believe they know all there is to know about how this country works and have never read a single history book. <laughs> I didn't even talk about the history class you took in high school. I'm talking about you haven't read a single history book. Mm -hmm. And then you believe you know exactly, you understand the truth of America, good or bad. Right. Because all it takes is and I, again and, and this goes to ignorance and normally the ignorant people are the ones that assume they know the most and are the most adamant because the more you learn the more you realize the i don't you don't <laughs> I, the more i'm aware that i don't know i've started reading some history books and i realized i knew nothing about this country mm. nothing about it the news tells you nothing about this country what we learned in high school and even in some college courses told us nothing about. That's why it blows my mind when people are having these political debates about how this country works and how we got to where we are. And they all they do is say, I thought this or I've seen this or, or they haven't read a single history book. It blows my mind. At least quote one. <laughs> Tell me who, who, who did you read? Like, I, let me stop ranting. <laughs> and that's on left and right. Yep, yep. There are people who are liberals who believe democratic policy and social policy, socialism or democratic socialism is the way out of this. And I'm like, how do you know? Have you read history books on how these things have played out? Have you read economic understandings of why what's happening in Nordic countries like Sweden and, and Finland that yeah. point to why those things aren't apples to apples here in America or even in Canada. Like you can't, why you can't superimpose those things mm. on America immediately. Have you done any reading? Have you done any? Or the people that say there's no systemic racism and, 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 and things ended after uh, 1964, reparations doesn't yeah. need to be paid because nobody that owned a slave and nobody that was a slave was alive. Have you read any books to tell you about what's been going on in this here United States, even up to this minute? If you haven't, you are hardening yourself into a piece of clay that can only be broken when the truth pushes on you. Mm -hmm. And what we see in riots, both in this summer and what we saw at the Capitol, that are people, and I don't even want to conflate the two, they're different. But a lot of what you're saying is people being broken by the reality of the truth. 
Mm-hmm. And and some people on the right, what they believe and they've been lied to about this country. They're going to be broken when the truth of what this country really is stares them in the face. And then there's people on the left who are trying to shoehorn their truth into the truth mm-hmm. about about um, about sexuality, about uh, 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 not just orientation, but uh, uh, sexual identity and things of this nature. One thing or the other has to give, you mm-hmm. know, when if truth really does exist and people are broken mm-hmm. when they're not open to learning more objective truth. Yep. So that kind of falls into a question I feel myself asking almost every week. But sure. I feel like it's just something we have to always identify. And this is going to be, you can kind of take this. I'm going to ask two questions at once and you can kind of go with both or separate them. But becoming this lump of clay that you're speaking on and getting these traits and turning into this. One, how do we fight against it? And two, or you could call it or, how do we become aware that we have become hardened and no longer seekers of the truth? Sure. Well, it's hard. You know, it's hard to identify it in yourself. Okay. But one of the things I think is 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 very helpful is to take stock of 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 your sources of information. Mm-hmm. How often do you okay. read or listen to something that challenges you? Mm-hmm. That 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 how often do you listen or read to things that you disagree with? Okay. Or do you generally go amen to what you're reading or listening <laughs> to? Right? I I intentionally read and follow people that I know disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Intentionally. That's why I'm here, folks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I intentionally do it. <clears throat> but that's why the Fox News crowd and the MSNBC crowd, yeah. normally all of their information circles in the same orbit of either Fox News and its affiliates yep. or MSNBC and its affiliates, right? right. Um, and, and one of the ways you guard against Mm-hmm. calcifying is by ensuring that you're not hardened by one source or type of information. But yeah. the real the real the real characteristic is ultimately humility. Okay. The, that's that's really what I see lacking in so many of these conversations even among so-called mm-hmm. Christians. Okay. And I say so-called on purpose. <laughs> is 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 humility. humility. All right. Is a lack thereof. A lack thereof. Yes. That the dogma, the 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 absolute certainty of their rightness mm-hmm. and of them of them being on the right side of things mm-hmm. blows me away. Okay. So uh with that, I wanna one give a shout out to our word of the day, calcifying. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Two, kind of staying with that same question of how do we pursue against it? Because it seems like, again, the more you research and the more you know, and the more you try to learn and become seekers of information, you start to become less humble. It seems like that will work against being humble because all of a sudden I become more informed and more knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Even if it's stuff that disagrees with me, at least I know I've done the research as you had, as you per se said last episode. Mm-hmm. So it almost seems like the solution can also dig into the, you know, it can make it worse. No, I think making I, you less humble. No, I think it. I think it works 
the same way. Well, of course, it's possible. What you're saying is possible. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Humility is something that we have to constantly guard against, whether you read a lot or never read. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, right. You, you know, well, now that you say that, being way. prideful is something we always have to guard against, whether yeah. you read or don't read. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think reading, gathering as much information from diverse and, 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 uh, you know, um, reliable resources. Gosh, we probably need to do a whole pod. We probably need to do a whole podcast on how do you determine whether a source of information is a reliable source of information? Because people will hear Pastor Dorian say research and they'll go on Google. <laughs> and we talked about it last week, right? Yeah. Even how you search Google because of your biases Bias be right can here. can kill your whole attempt to research and do yeah. what I'm asking you to do. Right. Right. Like that, that, that's so, 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 but the reality is, is we always have to guard against pride and lack mm-hmm. of humility. But I think when you come into the presence and you see how vast and how uh, uh, important real truth is, mm-hmm. it is humbling. I think the same way as as soon as you step into the presence of God, when you actually get into the mm-hmm. presence of God, it humbles us. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. when you come into contact with and when you when when you've really pursued truth and done the work of finding truth, you realize it's not easily atta- it's not as easily attained as people think it is. Mm. And instead of becoming more prideful because you have it. Yeah. You employ others, implore others to do the work. Like that's one of the reasons why I don't take this. I don't often take this um, mm-hmm. podcast as a pulpit upon which to like spew my specific opinion uh-huh. on a matter. Cause I could on matters of politics and things of that nature. But really my goal is not to say what I think is right is to implore you. Cause I've done the, the work in certain instances, not all yeah, right. Yeah. Of finding truth. And it's like, that's really like that's what I want to implore people to do because when you find truth, yeah. you realize the journey isn't like what a lot of people think it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. See, I like that. I like that thing. And I want to kind of stick to where we're at with uh, our lion and our lamb, and because uh, a word I wrote that I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. is uh, these motivating factors and these things that are within us that we're going to be placing into our children and our children's children is what it seems like you're using we're talking about compartmentalization being able to like you say be this way in a boardroom this way in business this way with your family this way when you come to a church how to shift those hats because i would almost say that like some of the members that come in here and are good contributors their outside abilities the things they do in the world helps function here in the church this is true but it seems like it only needs to go to a certain degree so you know how do we help compartmentalize whether we're to be the lion or the lamb so what i what i and i and i don't know if you use the word intentionally Mm -hmm. um but what i'm going to push back on is the word compartmentalize because uh-huh. that's not what I'm asking people to do. Okay. Because to compartmentalize says is to put barriers around, you know, an identity and not allow it to flow into 
the next space. And that's not what I'm I'm not asking people to compartmentalize. Okay. I'm asking them to be whole and to be dynamic. And that's different ah. than compartmentalizing. Okay. I'm asking you to be dynamic, which is 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 knowing so for instance, and you bring up a good example, right? The, I'm I'm not I don't want somebody to be a, a, a high powered, you know, project manager out in the world and then they come to church and they're bumping a log <laughs> and you know yeah. don't exhibit any of their project management mm-hmm. expertise because they compartmentalize that i left the project manager at home yeah. and i come to church and i'm just a hapless you know need to be led sheep mm-hmm. time out time out no what i need you to be is dynamic mm. which is be a project manager but also know how a sheep that is being shepherded would manage this project. Mm-hmm. And that's being dynamic because I want you to be as intelligent. I want you to use all of your know-how. I want you to use all of your skill, but I want it to be submitted mm-hmm. in a church context that it may not be in a boardroom context. Right. So it's about being dynamic as opposed to compartmentalizing. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And that, that, I'm glad you said it that way because I I was going more so with wear different hat type of th- mm-hmm. thought process. Like, you know, when you're there, you wear your hat this way because you've spoke about how like you have different hats you have to wear, whether you're preaching, teaching, yeah. counseling yep. or podcast. Yep. Yep. But you're you're the the phrase dynamic is much better than compartmentalization. And unfortunately, so. most people do compartmentalize because there's only a few people. And and I've said it before, and I said all the time about LA, and we have so many high powered, high skilled, highly educated people that just come here and watch and go home, and then they go run massive organizations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and then and, and and they watch, you know, us scramble and try to figure it out here. And and they don't say because they left mm-hmm. the the planner, the worker, the giver, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they left it all at home and then they come here and they're just the 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 sheep, yeah. you know, and it's like, no, I need you to be dynamic and use your gifts in service too. a lot of it is is what is it serving, right? Yeah. When you're at the boardroom, what is it serving? It might be serving your ambition, but when it's a church same gift but in service to a different vision yeah right so so it's 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 not putting walls up around the lion and okay i'm putting the lion in the cage and leaving him at home (laughs) when it's time to come to church no i'm gonna be dynamic right because that's a good point like you know there are people who like for a living rip people's heads off at work indeed like that's what they do and like you'd feel like to be in one of your exec boards ripping off you know the head deacon's head <laughs> you know going at these guys like that that would be like oh my gosh what like some people feel that way like mm-hmm. i just can't be the dog that i like to be to my pastor like i don't want to yell at my pastor yeah you know? but you might not be the dog to me you might need to be the dog for me okay oh, like there's some folk i need to be able to sick somebody on yeah and i you ain't got to be a dog to me you might need to be a dog for me there you go. Okay. Where I, so so I can still so be you nice. Can be, yeah. I, and I can say, hey, Justin, that's hey, Justin's over that. And <laughs> Justin said we can't. Like that's one of the reasons why yeah. we don't. And that's a whole other conversation why our pastors can't be pastors. Yeah. Because 
we're required to be finance people. We're required to be IT people. We're yeah. required to be producers and music people and 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 planners and organizers because the people that God has put in this part of the vineyard to do those things aren't, mm-hmm. and then it falls on the pastor to do it. Then we like, yeah, he up there on Sunday and he ain't saying nothing. Now, again, when I used to sit in the pew. Yeah, I used yeah. to feel like that man ain't saying nothing. <laughs> All he got to do, he got one message to come up with per week. <laughs> now I know is there's a lot of times mm-hmm. that I'm not as as prepared as I'd like to be. Not because mm-hmm. I just didn't want to, but because that week I sat in financial meetings. Mm-hmm. We were going over taxes. We were going over bank loans we were going over building maintenance we were yeah. a flood here and a <laughs> lawyer called here mention of listen brother i'm being real with you right so all week it's a you know a marriage you know is on the rocks yeah here somebody's in the hospital and sick here we got this program there and it's not it's it those things consume yeah. the time and energy of the pastor and then you're mad when he ain't up there preaching down heaven, it's like, well, if the dog yeah. was the dog, maybe I wouldn't have to been on the phone with the attorney. Maybe I could have said, you call the attorney yeah. and let me read the book of James. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so, so, so that, that's one of the problems with people taking those hats off and leaving them at home. Yeah. They don't let me keep the hat I'm supposed to have on all the time. Right. Right. So that's, on. that, that's goes right into kind of like, where I want to take us to wrap it up and then you, you give us our spiritual takeaway and we'll have some sort of fun after. Um, the mo- Our motivators, the things that are motivating us. Um, I feel like it might be a simple answer or a very long answer, but how do we measure these motivators going back to the lion and the gazelle? The lion's motivator is to eat. The gazelle's motivator is to not be eaten. Mm-hmm. And we as Christians have to have a motivator that's appropriate. Sure. So how do we appropriate that when there's so many external motivators? Sure. Uh, there is a long answer. Mm-hmm. But the short answer, the short answer is that everything we should do, the Bible says we should do it all unto the glory of God. Yeah. So if, if you got to try to figure out where and how and how to manage these levels. The main thing is, am I doing everything I'm doing unto the glory of God? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the high level catch all. Yeah. Is does this glorify God? Does this pursuit <laughs> glorify God? Yeah. You know, does this, you know, does this decision glorify God? Does my behavior right now? Yeah. Glorify God, mm-hmm. right? And is it in service to the plan of God? You know, in the kingdom of God, seek ye first his kingdom. So if you're talking about prioritizing, you know, is it in front of your pursuit of the kingdom or is it, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is it leading the charge of your life Uh, always has to be. Those are the two main things. Does what I'm doing and how I'm doing it glorify God? And is it in service to the kingdom of God? Right. Right. Or not. Okay. Okay. So that is a. Uh, very good way to keep us brief because I feel like I could go back and forth with you on some of those for like literally the next two to three hours. And we said we wouldn't do that today. We said we wouldn't. <laughs> and we're at a like, we're right. We're at that spot where we make that we, decision. We, we make the every it. time. 
<laughs> we're right at that time where we make the decision where we can like wrap it up at yep. a good time. Or so I'm going to put the weight on the pastor to give us his spiritual takeaway because I just don't think it's fair to not do that at least and ask you that he do it remembering his brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said I I I I I quoted Romans chapter number one, yeah, verse twenty five, and I love the conclusion. It says because we exchange the truth of of God for a lie and serve the creature over the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Here, here's, here's one thing that I, I implore everyone that is listening to this. Do not be afraid of the pursuit of the real truth because God is the God of truth and he is blessed forever. What we have to believe is truth is not going to harm us. Truth is only going to actually lead us into further blessings. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in this. And I think this is an important conversation, even in light of kind of the, the direction our country is heading. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think how the humility that we exhibit is going to be a calling card mm-hmm. in this season. And I believe the church has been a poor example Mm-hmm. right now for what it means to be humble mm-hmm. um, in our alignment with certain political factions. And it's not even whether the alignment was right or wrong. It was the lack of humility in the alignment mm, okay. is, is what disheartens me. It is the belief that anybody that does not align the way that you align is is hell bound. It's absurd yeah. that anybody could think different yeah. than you or align differently. And as believers, we have to know that God through his grace and mercy has revealed truth to us. That's why even whatever truth we have, we have to hold it in humility because we know we got it, not because of any goodness of our own yeah. and not because of our intelligence and not because we, 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 we were so wise. It was because God and his mercy revealed it to us. That's why we always hold our truth in humility and we pursue truth. We, we, we love truth. We yeah. chase after it. And so many of these conversations say, I have attained, I have it. As opposed to this is how much I have, but I know that there's more okay. to get. And I want our, everybody listening to this to really, really work to display that in our conversations and in our, you know, disagreements and even in our politics yeah, moving yeah. forward. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, you can never go wrong with quoting Romans to me. So <laughs> that's a Man, good spot. It's a to- great book great spot to kind of transition us and this just flows naturally into what we wanted to talk about for our quote-unquote off topic which is still part of it uh we just felt it would be irresponsible of our podcast with the way we talk about everything to not talk about what happened in this country uh at our capital uh let's just say a few days ago depending on when you hear this but um you know you mentioned how people paralleled it to the events of the summer, and I've seen that several different times, and I'm not going to get into that part of it myself personally. But, like, just watching it, like, sitting there watching it, like, did you have any initial thoughts? What was, like, going through your head, and, like, how did it, when it was unveiling, like, what, like or let me ask you as a pastor how you saw it versus as a black man how you saw it, as a Christian, those could 
technically be three different hats, you mm-hmm. know? I, all, of, all of my hats said the same thing. Okay. As a Christian, as a Christian pastor, right. as a black man, all said the same thing. And that was, how is anybody surprised this is happening? Uh-huh. As, 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 as a Christian, I have no trust and faith that this world is going to get better. Mm-hmm. It was men doing what men do. Mm-hmm. And that was being fallen. That was being <laughs> broken. That was being violent. That yes. is what that is what the whole of our history has told us. Yeah. We do and be. I'm never and as a pastor, yeah. I'm even less inclined to be shocked by, <laughs> by human much beings anything and their fallen like nature. Like that's just human beings. Yeah. Being human beings. But then also, um, as a black man, and I am empathetic to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's at the heart of this conversation when someone's reality is being upended. Um, I am empathetic to that. Yeah, I, I I know that that's disconcerting. I would never I, I wouldn't. I've had my reality upended before. That is okay. why I am I am I am empathetic to those who are who are going through that. Yeah. Um, and I don't. And, and so that's a part of that's what I was watching is is and and let me be clear i'm not empathetic and do not um necessarily empathize with people who are breaking windows yeah and and busting into the capital let me be clear i think those people were ridiculous <laughs> and and need to be pers- prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law i believe however those who are angry and frustrated yeah I empathize with it never feels good to have your reality challenged to the degree that many in this country are having their reality challenged. I'm telling you, (laughs) but this is the benefit. And this is what disheartens me about some black people's approach to this moment because they're trying to, some are trying to find an absolute truth the same way that white people have been privileged to have an absolute truth. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why I say, even as a black man, I'm not, I wasn't surprised by it because this is what black people, and this is one of the reasons I believe um, black people are more prone in this country to having faith and staying Christians is we have what um, W.E.B. Du Bois calls a double consciousness. Okay. That's my guy. There. You got to read. So's a black folk. Great work. And he talks about our double consciousness, meaning we're always aware of two things that there's literally more than one world happening at the same time. There's mm-hmm. the world white people exist in and then the world that we exist in. There's a country that talks about truth and liberty for all and then there's literally, and even if you say it's not right now, okay, but there's a time where there's a country that would celebrate the 4th of July and Independence Day and have people in sh- in shackles. <laughs> like you have to realize that two things can be true Yeah. at the same time that there's, that there's these alternate universes and that's a privilege of white people to not have to be aware of the alternate realities that are playing out around them. We're black people. We always had to be aware of the alternate realities that are happening yes. in a space at any given time. Yes. So, 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 so I, I, I always know that. Yeah. That here's the crazy thing that you cannot be racist and there can be systemic racist. I know those two things can actually happen at the same time. Reality isn't flat. Right. As a black man, I know reality is not flat. Yes. It is a privilege to believe reality is flat. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so while I'm watching that, I'm thinking, man, these are people whose this flat reality is being upended. And how they see themselves, 
how they see their fathers, their grandfathers, their great grandfathers, how they see these patriots that they all of this is being upended and it leads to. And then when you have a figure like Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. who's plays to our base nature, Mm -hmm. the violence, it was not shocking. Nope. In the least. I was there. I didn't I didn't I didn't have tears in my eyes. No, I was not like in this position of I cannot believe it. All I kept thinking is how didn't any how, how didn't everybody see this coming? Like what what did they think was going to happen? <laughs> I was at work and I was just sitting here having to watch the look on their faces, and I had to stay humble. Like, how did y'all see this? What 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 did y'all think was going to happen? Especially, and I, I, I stop because the discourse, and it happened afterwards too. One of the reasons why it was obvious to me that this was going to happen is that we have turned into children <laughs> and we can't have a conversation. Well, what about them? Cannot have a conversation. We can't have a conversation, but what about when they did it? You didn't say that when they did this. You didn't. It, it is. It is so yeah. infantile. It isn't is. It? it is so infantile. Isn't it? I have three children. I hear that. All me the time. too. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately and now, when you listen, watch people on on social media. These are supposed to be some of our preeminent thinkers, and yeah. they and all they can analyze is what somebody else said when this happened. And I said, yeah. what what that what that infantile dialogue does is it makes people feel justified in behaving like the very people they disagree with and condemn. And so that that that, yeah. that that's what ends up happening. And if we do not, somebody has to decide that I'm not going to say what about anymore. I'm going to say this is wrong and this is right. That is the only way we will actually mature and move on in this country. Because if we keep what abouting this thing, yeah, the next people are going to say, well, okay, well, not it's my turn, and we and, and the escalation is going to continue. Yeah. The one-upmanship. Yeah, I mean, and uh, based on the release date, I'm planning for this. Um, I'm hoping there won't be any more conversations necessary about this by the time at least this gets I to airways. I would be surprised, man. However, by the next time we record, I would not be surprised that, uh, you know, we it's might possible, have something man. else. From- I, can't, I can't believe what was happening wasn't shocking to me, but the but the reaction of many shocked me. Okay. That after watching people on the floor of the Senate in senators' office, senators' offices, a young woman being shot yep. and killed, um, that people could still go, but what about? Yep. And people could still go, well, well, that we didn't just go stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, People need to be arrested and prosecuted. And evidently, at some point, this has just gone too far. That that's what is disheartening to me is that. Yeah. That people that this didn't make everybody stop and pause because because I'll be honest with you and I and this is what's crazy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen, it was Black Lives Matter this summer. I went to a protest. You know, March in Warren. But you got to know when I saw a police, uh, um, uh, um, when they were burning police stations on fire. Yeah. I was like, hold on, y'all. Time out. (laughs) 
Wait, man. Time. Let me call time out. <laughs> and this is the other thing. Y'all can try. I'm. I'm. I'm I gotta stay in podcast mode. Podcast mode. Cause I was getting ready to turn <laughs> yeah, it. We are live. Don't talking Justin mode. Wasn't black people burning down police stations? This has been white. Let's. And this might be inappropriate, but this is this has been white people burning burning things the whole of the time. Even if it yeah. was so called in the name of a march right. for black equality, right? The the the, the videotape doesn't lie. <laughs> That this has been white people that were burning things this summer. Yep. As was white people at the Capitol. Y'all got y'all got some stuff y'all got to figure out. And I'm not saying black people have never rioted before. Because we did in Baltimore. That was mm-hmm. black people. But much of that. Black people ain't stormed the Capitol. We can't. Black people ain't burned a police station. Black people have not stormed courthouses as they did in was that Washington or Oregon? Oregon, yeah. Oregon. Like there's there's a difference between, you know. Yeah. And but I, I don't even want to go into the what about ism. Is wrong. Is wrong. And I'm willing to say that. Mm-hmm. I said it in my when I did give my one talk this summer. Mm-hmm. After the, I said y'all need to go home and stop committing violence. You know. But I want to make sure we're doing it for the right reasons. But violence, you could talk about it being the language of the unheard, but we're going to agree that it's wrong, even if we can explain why somebody did it. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I can understand, yes. but we're going to say that it's wrong. But the yes. capital to stop the president based upon a both. <laughs> All right, I'm done. So that being said, there was an opportunity for us to go into things that we want today maybe another time ladies and gentlemen but that's called the cliffhanger but, but <laughs> the thing is we know that there's no way that this is over and me and pastor Doran will have more conversations and we'll bring you back we will and i i think it's at the heart of a lot of the teaser has been us talking about truth and you know implicit bias and things of that nature man that it's deep. This whole thing is deep to me. That people are so convinced of certain things. So convinced. While we sit back with our popcorn. Oh, man, this is deep. <laughs> so, real talk, guys. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully, you just binge these out and put them back to back to each other. Let us know how you feel about that. So, maybe we'll uh, do more uh, binge style episodes. Uh, just like you guys, Netflix binge. You can podcast binge. But until next week, as always, Doe, it was a pleasure. Well, I appreciate you, brother. I hope.